Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Now we're 23, but it's just kind of like we're going through it and let's just talk about what's actually going on. We kind of grew up together, like had shared experiences of coming out in like a similar environment and then having our first sexual experiences together as like obviously lots of friends do. Do you think it was just that your particular group was really open and then which wasn't representative of what was actually going on in the bigger picture with people? Do you guys feel like you were unique in that sense? Yeah, I think even at school, our friendship group was like the group that talks about sex or like the group that's having loads of sex, even if that wasn't necessarily true at the time. (laughs) But uh, I mean, maybe it was, to be fair, looking back at it, there was some questionable stuff going on. I honestly think that men just, like, don't know what women find attractive. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. I am so excited. Today, I am joined by best friends, Honey and Maria. They are the hosts of the Sextras podcast, where they navigate the ups and downs of their 20s, painting a candid picture of Gen Z relationships and sex, from dealing with the shock of a herpes diagnosis to spicing up FaceTime sex and making friends as adults, Sextras covers it all. Welcome, Honey and Maria, to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Yes, finally. We had uh, had our (laughs) challenges getting us all together and getting this done, but I am so excited. First, I kind of want to know, how did you two meet? So we met when we were like 11 at school. We went to school together and we didn't become friends for like a couple of years, but then after like a year and a bit we kind of started hanging out the first time we hung out for any other gen z listening was we went to the one direction like movie premiere (laughs) i forced honey to come with and like stand just for hours just for no reason essentially yeah (laughs) literally no reason and then we didn't even see them no after that we became best friends and it's been see them no, no, because it was it was just the movie premiere. Like there was no reason for us to just go and stand there. Like, but you know, that's just what that was the culture back yeah. in twenty twelve. Yeah, <laughs> back in wait, what date was that? Like twenty twelve, like One Direction era. You know, we used to like go and like literally try to find them and sit outside their hotels and watch oh yeah, shit like that. it was a wild so, like, time. Can we swear also? Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> this podcast is like 
censorship city as far as like <laughs> okay. as far as the censors go out there. I talk about <laughs> everything. It's in very raunchy detail. So okay, yes. yeah, okay, cool. F bombs <laughs> are the least of my worry. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you guys decide to start a podcast? Obviously you stayed friends. And so you came up with the idea to ha- start a podcast. What was the genesis of that? So we've been friends now for, I guess, like a decade and we've had the podcast for like three years. And I don't know, it kind of just started from being like, let's start a podcast. I feel like we talk about sex all the time and we have all these like stories and we went to uni and found that like in our friend group it was like spoken about all the time like what everyone's sex lives like what everyone was up to and whatever I mean it was just really normalized and then when we got to uni we found that the people that we were meeting it was a lot more like closed off and people weren't necessarily like having such open conversations about it so we were like why don't we start a podcast and talk about it and just I guess it's not coming at it from like oh we're such experts because obviously we were 20 at the time now we're 23 but it's just kind of like we're going through it and let's just talk about what's actually going on and like what comes up and you know anything from like yeah like literally STDs to making friends like it's kind of a relationships like everything encompassing it's not just not just sexual or romantic relationships necessarily yeah so yeah it's been fun sorry (laughs) no no I mean I love that because it's so interesting I wonder why why do you think it was open at one point and then what why do you think when you it sounds like when you got to college you it was more closed off you would think it would be the other way why do you think that is Yeah, I mean, I think we went to like quite a liberal school in London. So we were quite lucky to be in. I think we were quite lucky in that we had quite a close knit group of friends that were all kind of queer or like queer adjacent, as we like to call it. (laughs) And so we kind of grew up together, like had shared experiences of coming out in like a similar environment and then having our first sexual experiences together as like obviously lots of friends do and then when we went to uni I think just like the amalgamation of people from like around the country and maybe they didn't come to uni with like a similar friend dynamic that we did or whatever and yes I don't really know it was really honestly surprising that it became less talked about but I think then through the podcast we've kind of established ourselves as like people to just talk to about this stuff like people will tell us the craziest things and just open up about anything and everything so that's kind of nice but sometimes not that nice sometimes I'm like I've heard enough (laughs) (laughs) then you go to you go off to university and people get more I guess less liberal with wanting to talk about it or like that's like I'm trying to figure out what's going on. You would think the natural progression is, okay, if we're starting, this is our baseline. Like it should just get more and more easy to talk about. We're older, you know, we've got more experiences, more to share. We're comfortable with our sexuality. Do you think it was just that your particular group was really open and then which wasn't representative of what was actually going on in the bigger picture with people? Do you guys feel like you were unique in that sense? 
Yeah, I think even at school, our friendship group was like the group that talks about sex or like the group that's having loads of sex, even if that wasn't necessarily <laughs> true at the time. But uh, I mean, maybe it was, to be fair, looking back at it, there was some questionable stuff going on. But <laughs> yeah, and then I guess maybe that wasn't representative of everyone's experiences. Like I know a lot of people go into university without having sex or like maybe they've only had sex with a couple of people. And it's so different for everyone, especially in our generation. I feel like everyone kind of preaches things in their own time. So yeah. That, I think that's what's yeah. going on. And I mean, we had that exact same pressure too. Like, I'm not here to say that we weren't coming from like a toxic environment in regards to sex. Like there was like all the things that you encounter, I would say, in like a high school kind of environment and where everyone's starting to have sex and like slut shaming and that kind of thing. But, and I feel like, I don't know, for me at least when I went to uni, comparatively, I feel like to a lot of people, I didn't feel like particularly like crazily slut shamed or anything but I was you know like that did happen and like I feel like that happened to me at a later point for instance than like at school that I was the one that was like doing it to other people like I'm not a saint not I'm not condoning those actions either like I'm ashamed of that but like I was also a teenage girl once and then it happened to me so I don't know I just feel like it's like I think it was like probably the people that we surrounded ourselves with like it just happened that we talked about it all the time like I know that that's not the case for everyone but I think it just kind of meeting a whole new bunch of people at uni is what really like opened our eyes and was a little bit like oh people don't actually know about a lot of this stuff that we just thought people knew that's kind of crazy or like people feel really uncomfortable when you just start like talking in detail about a blowjob that you gave you know like (laughs) when like I guess it just wasn't really the culture around our friend group (laughs) yeah yeah well I it's uh you should have been friends with me it's natural (laughs) to talk about this stuff yeah I was looking through a bunch of your your episodes I'm like oh like you're covering a lot of the same subjects that I cover and so that was really interesting to me because you know I thought when I knew you guys were coming on I got excited because I really love to compare and contrast things. And I'm so curious about, you know, what do you think the biggest difference is in the way, you know, your generation views sexuality and sex versus the way generations before that did? Do you feel like you guys are doing something different or do you feel like it's the same struggles, like same day, different shit, just we're coming at it from a different angle, but we do have the same problems. Like you said, the slut shaming, things like that, you know I mean? Do you think there's a lot of the same recurring issues? Is anything changing? I'm just so curious about that. Yeah, I think I know, a lot of questions in there. I'm sorry, I just like snowballed. Like, <laughs> I have thoughts, like, but honey, please yeah. Yeah. give your thoughts. <laughs> I definitely think there's a lot of differences in terms of. I think we're a very fluid generation. I think we're not as pressured to put labels on things as maybe previous generations. But at the same time, I do think there's a lot of repackaged stuff going on that maybe goes below the surface on social media and it's normalized in that like we'll talk about it loads now and I think that has changed in the last like three years since starting the podcast or at least maybe that's just like what I've absorbed in the last three years but I think the repackaged stuff like you said there's a lot of repackaged stuff what 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 issues are those well for instance things around consent I think 
in previous generations like my mom's generation maybe stuff was going on that they didn't even recognize was sexual assault and I think now stuff like that happens all the time and we're put in kind of questionable situations but we're just able to put a name to that behavior and then I also think kind of access to porn and especially like kink stuff I think is very normalized in that everyone kind of recognizes that it's okay to have fantasies but maybe we're not actually taught how to implement those the right way or how to start conversations around consent and I think it is changing and I think it's getting better but it's maybe not where it could be and I think that's a lot of repackaged shame and like lack of speaking about things over the generations kind of piling up yeah and the slut shaming I feel like that's like a universal thing I don't know I don't know why why is that yeah. even still around? Like, seriously, like, I, you know, it's always been there. You know, I mean, I, I wasn't slut shamed, but I remember it was like in high school, the girls, you know, you knew who was having sex and who, you know, you kind of knew who was and who wasn't. And the ones that were, well, for me anyway, cause I, I kind of waited, I waited till I was like a junior, I think before I finally like let my boyfriend talk me into it. And then, you know, <laughs> then after, after the first time we did it, I was like, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> what everybody's fussing about i was just like fuck this i don't like ew i don't want to do that again. thank <laughs> god i scratched that off my list done and done and then and then poor guy it took him like three months to talk me into doing it again <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah but it's crazy slut, like, like I, the, yeah, yeah, yeah the jamming stuff it's just like you know, you did know who, you know, who was and who wasn't. And, you know, you think you did kind of have an opinion about it, even as a woman, even as a female. I remember, you know, the ones that did it before me, it was kind of like, oh, mm -hmm, I see. You know, mm -hmm. like I was a little judgy about it. Not going to lie. Yeah, I think that's like a big thing that I think in a lot of ways we have changed and evolved and these conversations are like getting better. but. Then I like look at my little sister. She's five years younger than me, just finished, like is finishing school now and is like starting to have sex and whatever. And it's like it, all that's still there. There's all this like internalized shame and like all this stuff that you kind of like just don't even think about that is just every girl experiences. And it's like really not fun, to be honest. <laughs> and it's like it's kind of just like accepted that that's just part of like the story of sex of your sex life like yeah it's kind of shitty and awful and awkward at the beginning and whatever and like you have all these like terrible feelings about yourself in a way and like your body and yeah the slut shaming and like what everyone else is gonna think what everyone else says and I don't know it's just really weird I think that there's like a lot of stuff that's like really ingrained in us and in the way that we're raised and just like the way that we think that men view us and like men's validation and things like that that is like really hard to shake but I do think that in a way it's like improved a lot because there's a lot more information out there like so much that like I know so much more than my parents for instance about just sex and like what the options are like just in terms of like what you know everything like basically you know and like I'm very grateful for that so <laughs> right so you guys mentioned too that you feel like one of the bigger differences or one of the most noticeable differences is gender fluidity. And I agree with you. So let's dig into that a little bit because 
just tell me first of all what that like what that means to you and also I'd be really curious to know kind of what your introduction to gender fluidity was was it just like natural yeah of course of course we like both sexes or you can flow in and out of both you don't have to be in one camp or the other or I just how did you guys find your way to that and what are your thoughts on it well for me I remember first kind of hearing about it I read this book called I think it's called like girls will be girls or something and I think I was like 15 at the time and I feel like I've always been quite a like radical feminist (laughs) in a way (laughs) but that was kind of like my introduction into the idea of gender and like gender norms and what how those were imposed on women and girls and like how that impacts the sex you have the people you like the way you just like carry yourself in the world and that was kind of around the time that I like realized I was bisexual as well can I ask I want to I want to ask sorry to interrupt but as I'm listening to you, I'm really, you said that you feel like that stuff really influences, you know, the, the, I guess, you know, gender norms, you know, that we're exposed to growing up traditional stuff. Do you really feel that that changes you or can make you be lean a certain way when you really aren't? I mean, I'm curious about that because I really feel like, and I could be way wrong on this. I just feel like people kind of grew up and they, as they find their way, they know. I mean, maybe they're hiding it. I guess my real question is, do you think people are just born like they really, really know? And then do you think based on what society is showing them, do you think they suppress it and just try to hide it? Or do you think later in life, they kind of go, oh, hey, I just realized I'm not this, I'm that. Because I don't, I almost don't feel like it's the, hey, you have this light bulb moment later in life and go, oh my God, you know, like, I'm not straight. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 it's just, it's really fascinating to me. And I know that your generation is a lot more fluid with this stuff. And so this is why I just want to just dig in and get your perspectives. Do you mean in terms of like sexuality or gender or both? Good question. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like, like I said, I, I just feel like, I kind of feel like, you know, you, when you're born, you know, you're designed a certain way and you know it. And and there's a lot of differences. There's a, I don't mean that you're one versus the other. I just mean your spectrum is kind of your spectrum of what your sexuality is going to be. And I feel like we sort of, a lot of that is hardwired into us. Like we're genetically born that way. And then we either get the chance to explore it and express it more or not. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. I'm Dr. Megan Sachs. And I'm Dr. Amy Sloshberg. And we're the host of the podcast Campus Killings. Our show covers some of the most sinister crimes to take place on or around school campuses, or the cases we discuss have a school-connected theme. And with the new school year comes an all-new second season of Campus Killings, which will debut on September 16th, 2023. But if you want to listen to Campus Killings now, you can binge all the episodes from season one. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts.
Yeah, I definitely think in terms of sexuality, you probably are that way your whole life. But I think the fluidity that comes in with our generation with sexuality specifically is that we don't necessarily feel the need to like label it early on or like stick to one thing. And I think people will kind of switch between terms a lot. So like queer has kind of had a renaissance as a like signifier of sexuality and that's obviously like not really adhering to one thing or the other it's like okay well maybe one day I feel a bit more like attracted to women or whoever it is you can kind of move between them and I think there's a lot more acceptance if like I were to come out as lesbian tomorrow after identifying as bisexual for the last however many years eight years people wouldn't really think twice about that they'd be like okay that's like your own journey you've come to terms with that And that doesn't mean that like any of my past sexual experiences aren't valid or anything like that. So I think that's really interesting with our generation. And then in terms of gender, I can't really speak to it personally, but I feel like just in terms of what I've learned about my own like adherence to gender norms, I feel very like in touch with my femininity, like probably more and more like every day but I feel like I've kind of created my own definition of what that means because like I feel like I've spent a lot of time recognizing like the ways that maybe I act as like a woman that come from my conditioning rather than like how I define my own femininity and that's a really confusing thing to have to explain to like anyone in like previous generations like my grandparents will always get into debates about this of like okay I'm clearly like a very feminine person I wear very feminine clothes I act in very feminine ways I'm just into like girly stuff but like I don't think it's like a in a conditioned way like I feel like I've I don't know it's quite hard to explain I feel like I've gone through a journey of recognizing like oh this is all stuff that I should like and then trying to understand whether it's stuff that I actually do like and that I identify with personally or something that like I feel like I need to live up to so yeah I think it's a lot of like deconditioning how you were raised and like the stuff you just absorbed growing up and then figuring out for yourself what still stands going into your adult life if that makes sense sorry that was such a long answer to your question (laughs) no uh, no, I mean I love it thank you I mean I that's that's (laughs) stuff I want to I want to get at and understand because what I'm really trying to I guess what I'm really trying to understand is What's the difference between the way generationally we're finding our way to our sexuality? You know, I do think it's improving. I do think it's getting better. And as far as less repression, there's still a lot out there, of course. But I really do see the tide starting to, I have the advantage of now, you know, having some years on you guys, like looking back in the rearview mirror and going, things are changing. And that's kind of exciting. You know, I love, I really love to see that. I've often said my goal for my show is that because it is very racy, it's a censorship nightmare, quite frankly. And, and I'm proud of, I mean, I love that because I'm just letting it rip. Like my thing is, uh, uh-uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to use the proper terms. If I want to say pussy, I'm going to say pussy. If I want to talk about how juicy it got or how exciting the sex acts with this one person was in very inexplicit detail. I want to be able to talk about that because I want this stuff to be normalized so that my goal is one day, let's say your kids listen to my show and go, you guys listen to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. That is so boring. Like she is so, (laughs) that is so tame. You know what I mean? Like that's not racist at all. You know, like this just gets, 
everyone gets desensitized to the fact that using proper terminology or discussing sexuality or being open or flu- like all of this stuff just is just like, eh, it's not a big deal anymore. I'm kind of hoping we get there. Yeah. And I feel like, I do feel like we're moving in the right direction. Do you, what do you see, Maria? I mean, yeah, like I do hope that because I mean, everyone has sex, right? Like it's exactly. like, like everyone does it. It's so, only the reason know, we're still end. here evolving on this planet. <laughs> it's our biggest drive. It is the one of the things that's most essential to us as human beings. And so why the fuck are we like, why are we so repressed with it? Like, talk <laughs> about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I really agree. and. I've been I feel like it's also I understand that not everyone's gonna like wanna talk about it in that way. Like everyone's like entitled to like share as much or as little about like because sex means like different things to everyone. So it's also kinda weird. But I mean I feel like if like you wanna talk about it and you feel open enough to like talk about it, I don't think it should be weird in any room really. Like it's just normal. <laughs> so yeah and honey what do you you said your grandparents like what do they think about all this do they know you have a podcast and all that like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> my they listen to it my grandma's listened to it she asked me to send her like appropriate episodes like things that won't go too much into my sex life so I'll send her the ones about like friendship or like things that I don't say personally about my life although I don't think she'd actually be opposed to it because the nice thing about having the podcast is like I feel like just everyone will talk to me about sex now like even my grandparents just feel comfortable to like make jokes about sex in front of me and they're not they've never really been like that so it kind of opens up this whole world yeah and then my granddad's like no I don't want to know any of it like don't even mention it (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I would do. I can't even, the thought of my grandmother or my grandfather listening to this. <laughs> well, my grandma, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. No, it's yeah, very, was, it is interesting. It was, it was awful enough guys. You know what I did one time? I accidentally, you know how you're sexing? I accidentally sexed my mom. Something. No. Oh my God. It was raunchy. I was talking about threesomes and a girl like licking my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> my mother no oh no talk about mortifying that's when i that's when i decided <laughs> to use the app burner because you know we've all <laughs> we've because i'm like i cannot have my sexting going on with my normal life you know like yeah. mingling with with the name right above his mom and you know it's <laughs> it's john right below it you know and i'm like yeah <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. You'll always awesome. be so careful moving forward. Yeah. Everybody, this is your warning. If you're hearing this, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it'd go into, I mean, ugh. it, it could have been, I mean, with my mom. I don't know which, what's worse than my mom, but it just, it, yeah, I didn't. That was a moment like I had to like try to spin it really fast. And I was like, oh my God going to say you you can't just sit on this you you need to address it right now like take charge like snatch it back and this is there was no deleting it you know it was just like oh she, no yeah she knew the, one of the guys i was seeing she's like oh my god are you doing this stuff with you know with so and so and i'm like no uh, I, I i told her i i totally i'd lied i just pulled face side i said 
mom, this, I go, oh no, can you believe it? Isn't that awful? I was cutting and pasting. I was trying to send that from so-and-so to so-and-so. I was cutting and pasting. I just swear my friends under the bus, basically. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So I see you guys had an episode where you were talking about, uh, speaking of sexting, sexting, nudes, sexy, just sexy stuff. But and you mentioned that guys were taking horrible nudes. Now I talk about this all the time. Why are men, I want to know, why do you guys think men, why are they so awful at taking nudes? And what are some of like the worst nudes you've ever seen? <laughs> I honestly think that men just like don't know what women find attractive. Like, yeah, I think that I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think when they watch porn and stuff, like they're really not paying attention at all to like the good angles. And they're watching porn that's for men. So then they just like, you know, like they don't care about that shit. Because like, they don't make the man look good. They just make the girl look good. So they like in their head just don't think about it. They, it just does not cross their mind. So they do not understand what's going to look good to girls. Oh, I know. I Which know. is crazy to me because I feel like we're so preoccupied with like, you know, like we know, like we all know the angles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, not just that, but like, I don't think guys understand. I mean, when someone sends me a picture there's so much information in that picture, right? Not just <laughs> the dick right? or whatever they want you to see. And usually it's, here's my dick. They think they're telling, you know, they've hyped it up as big. Then you get it. I'm like, well, if that's the big angle, you're off because it's not. And now I'm thinking, you know, you don't really understand what a big dick is because that, that looks like an advertised dick. Nothing wrong with it, but you know, it doesn't look as ginormous as you're trying to make it out to be. And I can see you haven't done your laundry. Your mirror has toothpaste splatters on it. There's pubes on the, you know, you're standing over the toilet. Like, <laughs> ew, you know, like nothing says turning me off like a messy room with your dinner next to you, your last night's dinner, you know? And it's like, <laughs> no. I would not want to come to your house and have sex with you. So... <laughs> What do you, I mean, like, what have you guys seen? Like, what, what's the worst, just like, this guy's so off on this. What, what do you think is the, uh, I just don't, I don't want a dick pic. Like, don't send them to me ever. I'm just, it's not something I'm interested in, but I have seen, I don't think it was sent to me, but to someone else, like, like a dick next to like a deodorant bottle to like show how big it was. And it was like, these are the In common ones. Yeah. It's either going to be deodorant, a remote control, or some type of beer or soda can. <laughs> I mean, why don't you just get a tape measure? Like, that's really, like, let's just see what we're working with. Like, seriously, put it right next to it. Just get it out. You know, I'm trying to see if I have one. <laughs> yeah, I have one sitting on my desk. I'd be just like, yeah, get straight to the if you're if you really want to show it, then show it. Like, go on. but also like who who has a good enough concept of size to like look at that and be like, okay, that's gonna make me feel good. Like, give me that right now. Like, no one knows that. I don't know how big it is until it's like inside me. You know what I mean? Like, I just I can't tell from a picture. Right, and it's not always the size. It's how you're using it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing is men just don't understand that. Like everything is so based around the penis. And it's like, I just do not care about your dick in any way. <laughs> Thank you. 
I say this all the time. I say this all the time. So it's not just me, guys. The the young twenty somethings feel the same. We don't care. I and it's awful. I think it's hard for guys because they're so proud of their dicks. I mean, this is true. They really are, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, be proud of it, but you know that doesn't mean that everybody wants to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that. I think they think they're like all sexual control or like any control over their lives comes from their dick. And then if like there's a sexual situation where they don't have, they can't control it using their dick or like they can't give someone pleasure. They just like can't quite like compute what that means because like their whole lives they've just been told that that's the most important thing. So yeah, we have to like gently train them out of it. (laughs) Yes, I know. I know. Exactly. Gently train them. Although I was just meeting with somebody the other day, just a couple days ago, and we were having this conversation because he was like, telling me about his dick. And he's like, do you want to see it? I'm like, no. I mean, no, I I really don't. And I'm glad. Thank you for asking. You know, I mean, I just, I just don't care because I don't know you. We haven't had sex. And like, there's, you can show me your dick and it's not going to be exciting and titillating to me the same way when you look at a nude is for you because we're just it's different now if i have carnal knowledge of that dick that's different you know then i'm like "Mm -hmm." then it can get me fired up because i know what that dick feels like i know how you know how good you are with it and all the things all the nasty shit we've already done like but if (laughs) if it's cold you know it's just a cold shot you know like i don't know you and boom there it is I don't think guys understand. We don't like peruse the internet looking for dick pics. Like, oh my God, let me see one. <laughs> no, and I don't get it like the other way around. Like surely they can't just see like some girl's tits and be like, oh yeah, like that gets me hard. I, I just like do not. No, but they, they can. Oh, yeah, they, they can. But why? How does that work? Like I want to be in that headspace. <laughs> I know I can get there, but only when it's like I said, if I, it has to be that I know you and we've done stuff and you know what I mean? It's not just a complete stranger. Like I don't go looking for big dick pics on the, <laughs> I don't Google it, big dick pics and like, oh, I want to masturbate. Let me pull up some big dick pics and really get off. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the context it's honestly all about the context because honestly like a dick pic in the right context i'm here for it like bring it totally no that's what i'm saying yeah it's all about the context yeah if i can't relate (laughs) (laughs) honey's like no it really doesn't do much for me what about pussy pics honey (laughs) i've never got one but like I'd be interested to see if it would turn me on. I think I would rather like a full body nude from a girl. Like, I think to be fair, I do think that would turn me on. But like, yeah, I think I just like women more. So <laughs> that's probably no, the problem like, there. No, but like, I feel like men can take tasteful nudes as well. Like, I feel like if you've got the whole body in it, you know, like that can be nice. Like, kind of like it, like the girl. Like, you don't necessarily want. Well, I don't know. Like, I not like I haven't experienced this in a while so I don't know how I would feel if I just received a picture of a pussy but like I feel like I want the whole thing you know like the whole like shebang like the kind of nudes that I would take you know so that's like the same energy that I expect from like a guy and like Loki my boyfriend takes great nudes like so 
can't complain. There we go. Yeah. But those are, yeah. I know. I don't want to see the whole, I, I'm with you. Like, I like to see all of a man's body because it's everything about that. And same thing, like with, even when I'm looking at, if I'm looking at a, you know, female nude, I prefer, yeah, I prefer to see her whole body. You know, it's like, yeah. I, want to, I want to take in the whole beauty of it. Not just like, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, if I see a pussy, you know, like that, I'm like, Oh, okay. It's nice. Or, you know, I'm, I'm looking really. I'm uh, I'm looking at how it looks. I'm looking at the aesthetic part of it. It's not turning me on. Like, oh, her lips are like this. Yeah. Or her legs are, you know, I'm like, are mine bigger or shorter? Or like, where where do I stack up? Is really how I'm looking at. Like, I'm thinking about how that compares to my pussy. Oh, she she's bald. I have a little strip. You know. Like, yeah. What's, what's the pubic hair fashion these days? Like, <laughs> I feel like a nude has to like tell a story. You know, like. If there's like a finger in there, like, yeah, that's telling a story. You're like thinking about me and touching yourself. That's hot. Like, or like, you know, if you can like see, like, it's basically just the pussy, but like, it's like bent over and like, you know, whatever you can like imagine. That's like, I feel like to me, that's what nudes are for is like, need to like put the scenario of you being there. Yes. I love that. That's a great way of putting it. I think you're right. You just, you just articulated that so, so perfectly. And I see, I see. I love that you guys, you did an episode on birth control methods. And I love talking about this kind of stuff because I feel like women, we need better information on different types of birth control and also like cause and effect. Like, yes, you get this benefit, but there's always a downside too. So let's, you know, and I feel like a lot of women aren't aware of that, but you also mentioned that your contraception can change and how you change how you feel about a partner. So I was really curious about that because it's true. And I don't feel like I've ever seen anybody really talking about it. So can you guys kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I can tell my experience with this. So I went on the pill when I was 18 and it was like basically I was having really bad periods and then I was also like starting to have sex and yeah, the first time I had sex with a guy, I like took the morning after pill and I was like, oh, I just don't want to do this again. But even though I probably didn't need to, but that's besides the point. Yeah. And then I was on the pill for like four years and I decided to come off when I got into a relationship with my like last boyfriend. And basically I came off because it was like during COVID, we were long distance and like we obviously weren't having sex. And I was like, I just don't need to be on these hormones. And I came off and then when I saw him again, I decided to just go back on without consulting my doctor and it fucked me up. Like I could not get through the day without having a breakdown. I was bleeding all the time. Like my hormones were just up and down. My mood was constantly changing. Then when he came to visit me in the UK, I was, I think I was really quite mean to him. Like me and my mom were talking about it the other day and she was like, you just like did not like him. Like you were just mean to him for no reason. I'm like, yeah, I know it was my hormones. It was my hormones. So then I came off the pill and like went on the implant and then that kind of just like stopped all kind of like affection to him in a way. And I think it's because... It was like a combination of other things too, to be fair. He did some questionable things that probably contributed to that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I think just my hormones constantly changing and like going through all these different like cycles of 
being on the pill and then off and then on the implant which has hormones as well yeah I was just not not in a good place and not very nice to him and then now I'm not on any contraception and I've not been very horny until recently and I feel like it's only starting to come back now and it's been like over a year which is crazy so I don't know if that's because of that or just like what's going on in my life (laughs) no I mean thank you for sharing that Maria do you have any kind of like anything like that where you've just noticed the way the birth control affects you Uh, Uh, to be honest I've been on birth control for I'm in like a four year long relationship so I've been in birth control for like five years now and I yeah I like literally nothing to say because I just I don't know any different essentially but I have been thinking about it recently that like what if like this whole time it's just like really been like affecting my libido or like you know something and if I like went off it like who would I be but I mean that's a that's a question for a different time because realistically like I need to not be pregnant right yeah yeah. (laughs) more than like who I am without hormones but yeah, so I kind of feel like this is where I get out. I, this is where I kind of get out there a little, you know, I can get a little woo woo about it. But I really feel like just from my own journey with birth control is, you know, I kind of went on uh, when I was younger, I started on Depo Provera. I don't even know if they still have it, but basically it, you know, you don't have a period. And I thought, oh, this will be great. Well, mm. I was on that pretty much for almost a decade. Like, didn't have a period for a decade. And then I kind of thought, you know, I don't think that's a good thing. And the reason I wanted to come off it was because I I started to just do research about it. And I felt like, yeah, my libido was down or off. And I, you kind of, kind of start to get the vibe, like something doesn't, you know, something doesn't seem right here. Like I'm young, I'm healthy. Why am I not, you know, more sexually charged up? And so I did some research on it and it turns out, you know, it's something that they were using to like you know, a lot of times these birth controls are, are something that was originally prescribed for something else. And then they're like, oh, I know we can use this over here too. And originally like that Depo Provera was to chemically castrate sex offenders. <laughs> then it's oh like, my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. So get, if you're turning off a man's libido and they, let's assume they have a stronger drive than us. Oh, wow. What? It would just oh, be like, like dormant. Let's give yeah. this to women. I mean, like, seriously, and I, and That's I, this, really stuff, weird. this stuff irritates me. Well, I think it happens more than we realize. And, yeah. mm. you know, I, I think that what's not talked about or what we don't get into is, you know, again, like, okay, if you're taking these hormones, cause we know that our hormones are so powerful to us and our sex drive. And just obviously for everything, you know, that's going on, especially women, we're having to have a period once a month. I mean, all this stuff. And when we shut that off, there's going to be side effects. You know, if you're trying not to get pregnant, it stands to reason that your sex drive is going to go down. And so I hear a lot of people talking about like, yeah, my girlfriend's not into sex and, you know, and that kind of thing. And and these are younger, you know, healthy people. I'm thinking it's the birth control. It's literally the birth control. So I came off of that and I started to do a long time, you know, back when I came off it, I started to do fertility awareness method. And let me just tell you, I fucking love it. I've been doing that for a long time. It's so rock solid. And basically, I love the fact that I know what the fuck is going on in my body. And my body gets to do what it's supposed to do. I can still avoid pregnancy 
rock, like I said, rock solid. There's nothing, you know, to be scared about as long as you know what you're doing, but it feels really empowering. It feels really good. And also all of the normal sex drive chemicals and everything that normally as you're, when your body's cycling normally that go along with it, I now get to experience that. And guess what? I'm horny as fuck all, <laughs> all the time. And I love that. I really do. I love, I love walking around going like, I think this is what guys feel like. I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm like a man, you know, like, and I'm like, should I touch myself? Should I masturbate? What should I do? You know? I love that. So I just, I just want to put the good word out there. Like that. I know people like fertility awareness method gets sort of like, uh, pigeonholed into like, old school or it's not effective or like that's the, what the Catholics do, right? It's not. It's none of those things. It's actually very science-based and really, really powerful if you want to take the time to learn it. And you'll never be pumping oddball chemicals in your body that that are going to have side effects. So there's my, I'll get off my box on that. But I have pitched it to my boyfriend, but honestly, the thing is, I'm just not like, I just know I won't put enough time into like knowing like what's going on. And I've just been so irregular for so long that it's like, I just know it would take so long that it's just like right now it just doesn't make sense. But ultimately that is at my goal point, one day. Point, I'm planted the seed. Maybe, you know, like at some point, <laughs> give it a shot because I actually, I feel like it's really cool. I just like, yeah, like, I think it's really cool. I love knowing like, because otherwise I really didn't know as much about my whole reproduction cycle. I didn't really know much about it at all, you know, other than I knew, you know, I was going to get a period once a month. I just didn't understand all the stuff that goes along the process and how intricate it is. And just throwing that out there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to convince all the young people like, get on fertility awareness method. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think great sex is all about? And how do you prioritize that? Even if it's solo sex? Maria, you can go for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, to me, great sex is, like, when it feels good, when, like, I feel good about myself and, like, I feel good with, like, whoever I'm having sex with. I'm, like, comfortable. It's, like, I don't know, exciting. But, like, I don't know, it can be, like, boring, I guess, but, like, it needs to, I guess if it just feels good, it, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think it kind of depends on the mood because like good sex can look very different, I think. But I think the main components, yeah, would just be like, I'm comfortable feeling good in myself. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, That's how about you? That's what I would say. <laughs> I think it's definitely like what's right for you in the moment. So like if you've listened to our podcast, you will know that I haven't had sex in however many months it's been now like 16 or something insane like months. that yeah and so like that's kind of been working for me until now I kind of decided like two days ago that I'm gonna break my stupid little celibacy period um because <laughs> I just it's getting too far in now and I just it needs to end um <laughs> but like before that I think good sex was like I mean, I'm like chronically single and like very happy with that. So like whoever kind of fits my mood or like whoever just happens to be available. But also notoriously, I've like chosen terrible partners who just don't really care about my pleasure. So I would say going oh, no. forward, that 
needs to be a priority. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was going to ask you guys that. So, I mean, are you guys, I hope you guys are having lots of orgasms with your partner and that there's, do you feel that there's a good dialogue and your partner cares about your pleasure? I think my partner cares more about my pleasure than his pleasure. Like, and that's like annoys me sometimes. <laughs> you, know? you feel like it puts pressure on you? Yeah, sometimes. But like, to be honest, not really. It's just like, you know, it depends on the day. Like, you know, sometimes it's just taking too long and I just like can't really be bothered. But like, I know he really cares. So it's like, I know he's not going to come until I do, like, I come. So it's like, I feel that pressure. But like, on most days, it's like, it's just great, to be honest. Because I know that like, no matter what kind of sexual interaction we have, like I will not walk away without an orgasm. Like that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, I feel like he really cares. Like he like gets off on it a lot more than I do. Like I thought I was like one of those people that like really get off on like their partner's pleasure. But like now that I've been with him, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. Like <laughs> I don't care enough. That really <laughs> not like him. Yeah, yeah, that really turns him on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. Well, that's a that's good. I mean, that's a keeper, it's great. right? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, in terms to be fair, but in terms of communication, I'm really bad at it. Like, I feel like I find it really like awkward for some reason. But I mean, where we are now, it's like I feel like we've jumped most of the hurdles. Like all the things that I don't like about my sex life. It's like stuff that comes like genuinely from within, just like whenever I'm like feel like insecure or can't like turn a thought off or something like that. So it's just kind of like working through that. But yeah, I feel like where we are at now, I I have been able to communicate like pretty much like everything. Yeah. (laughs) Now, honey, what? Okay, you're you're through your celibacy phase here. Are you masturbating at all? Um, I've been getting back into it recently. I went through just like basically I have I have herpes. So I think I had like a year long period where I was like scared to masturbate or do anything because I didn't want to like trigger an outbreak because like the friction can cause an outbreak. And yeah, I think I just don't prioritize my pleasure enough. This is what I've learned is like I was writing this article about like my libido and what it's taught me and like my celibacy period has kind of taught me that like I actually can have feelings for people again because I think that was another thing that came along with the pillars I just never ever liked people I never got crush on people and recently I've been like really in my crushing era where I just like get crushes like that and run with it and that's really unlike me so yeah I was writing this article about that and I spoke to a sex therapist and she was like yeah I think to be in touch with your like pleasure and your libido you need to actually make room in your day every day to like at least feel in touch with your body so whether that's like taking a shower and just like feeling the water on your skin or like doing breathing exercises all of these things like if you're just filling your day constantly back to back you're not gonna give yourself space to feel those things and I was like wow that is so insightful because that's exactly (laughs) what I do and that would perfectly explain why I just haven't (laughs) been feeling horny for months on end like that makes so much sense but but I think sometimes you just need someone else to kind of point the obvious out to you so yeah recently I've been trying to like take a little bit of time to either like masturbate or just like 
move my body in some way that feels good and just feel in touch with my body and that's been helping me feel way more horny than I have for like a long long time so we're getting there (laughs) yes I'm a big advocate of masturbation and touching yourself and you know making sure you know how your body works and just but also giving yourself you know you can be it sounds weird but you can be intimate with yourself too and I I'm all about it. I'm like, you should be making love to yourself. You know, I mean, yeah. get after yourself like a horny guy you know, or, or, or girl, you know, whoever, whoever wants it, you know, just, but <laughs> it's really, it, it is important. I just, and I also feel like it helps us for me anyway, you know, just kind of the more I know about how my body works, then I'm able to, I'm a better lover to my partner because I take that knowledge with me to them and, you know, I can show them exactly what to do. And it's hot and erotic to, be able to tell them and have those conversations and opens up lines of communication and it just does all kinds of good things all the way around. But did you decide to dial back on having sex when you got your diagnosis? Is that your herpes diagnosis? Is that what happened? I think I just had like a quite a shock to be honest. Like I was like, I'm never gonna have sex again. I felt all of this shame of like people are not gonna want to have sex with me. But in reality, that's like not really what's happened. Like the people that I have had sex with, only one of them has been kind of like weird about it. And I think I've come like far enough in my understanding of it to be like, okay, well they're not the person for me anyway because they don't like they're just ignorant and they haven't tried to educate themselves and like the person that's had the best reaction was like the best like sex I'd had in so long and like gave me the best orgasm and really cared about my pleasure and so yeah I think it did kind of influence me and now I think when I'm like in a bad headspace mentally it definitely kind of creeps back in there like the shame about it will just like I I don't want to have to like tell someone and they potentially aren't into it because like I just can't deal with the mental repercussions of that right now um so yeah maybe like unconsciously it has impacted my sex life but I think mainly it's just that as I was saying I haven't really valued my pleasure or chosen partners that do and I kind of wanted to like actually recenter my mindset and like find out what's actually important to me and now I think that's why I want to break my celibacy because I'm like okay that kind of period of reflection has ended like it's gone on too long that I don't think I can think (laughs) about it anymore or I just forget to think (laughs) about it so we need to just keep the ball rolling like let's just get on with it now (laughs) yeah I love it okay so what do you guys think of this current hookup culture do you agree with it disagree thoughts I don't really know many people who just like have random hookups to be honest I feel like our generation is very like selective I think like since the pandemic at least I know a lot of people kind of have like looked like reflected on what's important to them in a partner and people maybe like have more apathy towards dating and dating apps and stuff which I think is a good thing in a lot of ways but I also wonder if like we're gonna look back at it in like 10 years and wish that we'd like lived our youths but I could also just be fully imposing like my own experiences and maybe other like people our age will be listening to us being like that's like not at all accurate but at least what I've observed in other people I think that's true so I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out here is do you think that that the dating app like had its boom 
And now it's sort of slowing down with you guys as far as popularity. I feel like it's like dating has like inevitably moved online in a lot of ways. Like even if dating apps die, like a lot of people don't even use dating apps. They just slide into people's DMs. Like I feel like that's like the most common thing, even though to be fair, like where are these men? Because like no one's sliding into my DMs, even though I, I mean, I do have a Yeah, but you but, like... clearly have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, besides you're sliding the point. into my DMs all the time. And I'm like, get out of my DMs. That's the funny thing. You're so, you're like, why is nobody sliding into my DMs? And I'm like, why is everybody sliding into my DMs? What do they think? I'm old school. Like, you need to court me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I think people are like a little bit tired of dating apps right now, but inevitably, like even if people are like, yeah, I want to meet someone in the wild or whatever, like, okay, but <laughs> like, I so much of life people in the wild. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think that you can't not be be- meet people in the wild. Like, I think that's definitely 100% possible. But I just mean, like, there's so much of our life online anyway that I just feel like that plays a part inevitably. Like even if we do tomorrow get rid of dating apps, like then there will be even more DMs. That's what how I feel about it essentially. But I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm into the dating culture because I feel like it's like about choice. It's just like becoming a lot more like yeah, what works for you? What do you want? And like maybe it's just more about like learning ways to go about it because I don't think there's anything wrong with just like wanting to shag loads of people but it's just like what you're saying to those people <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah you got to be I think you got to be responsible about it I'm curious about body confidence and do you think you have the same struggles everybody else has or do you feel that it's more I guess you do you feel like you you're a more confident generation as women with your bodies or do you feel like it's just the same kind of hang-ups that most women go through I think outwardly we're definitely a lot more confident in terms of like people will just like do whatever feels good for them like they don't feel like they have to hide certain aspects of themselves but I think probably on a personal like individual basis we all have our own issues with body confidence that maybe we don't talk about as much because we are such a like liberal generation that like to bring it up is like maybe not it's not that it's not acceptable it's just like everyone's kind of just expected to like get on with it but I do think that we should like check in with people more like I wish that that was a conversation that was had of just being honest about your insecurities especially in like the age of social media and stuff yeah like I know personally like I've had like body confidence issues but I feel like people just like assume that I don't because I feel like I'm quite a like sex positive like I'll just wear whatever I want kind of person so I don't know if that kind of I think people will just assume that that's like not really the case for me but I don't know if that's true (laughs) Maria what do you you think Maria (laughs) yeah I mean I think as a generation we're becoming more accepting of like different bodies of different people and like trying to like advocate for that and I feel like that's really important and that's really good but I do think on a personal level to everyone like everyone still has like deep insecurities and that like 
beauty standard is still like really ingrained in everyone's mind. So I do think we have a way to go, but I do think it's definitely getting better. Like you definitely see a lot more. Like for instance, like I feel like a lot of like um online shopping places now, like most I feel like a lot or I don't know, I, I don't wanna I wanna choose my word, but like a <laughs> lot have like more a more inclusive like more inclusive model models and like different bodies and different like skin types and that kind of thing so i do think that like moves are being made but there are still i think there's still a long way to go for all of that stuff to really leave our minds yeah i agree you know so when i just from my perspective you know like kind of when i look at your generation i think to me, I feel like I look at you girls and I think, or you, you girls, I, I just, I always call it <laughs> a girl. It's not, it's yeah, not indicative. No, same. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, you know, I look and I go, I love how it seems that you do embrace different body types. And what I love is like, I'm seeing less, it seems to me, maybe I'm wrong. You tell me if you agree with this. I feel like I'm seeing less plastic surgery with your age group like people are more accepting of the way their bodies are like i don't you know like oh i have i'm flat chested or i have small boobs and that's i'm rocking my small boobs and it's fantastic and versus you know like everybody trying to go out and get a boob job and have these big old jugs you know like <laughs> i just i you know i, I feel like i it, to me it looks like women are just kind of enjoying the, their own beauty a lot more and embrace it. And I think that's fucking sexy as hell, actually. Because it's, you know, that that says a lot about just kind of solidly accepting yourself. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there's still struggles. We all want to compare ourselves on some level to what we see and we're constantly marketed to. And we're, all, you know, I mean, the whole idea of selling you something is just that what you have isn't good enough. You know, you want to you want so therefore you need to buy this you know because it'll make you x y and z fill in the blanks you know more beautiful less wrinkles firmer skin perky you know plump up your lips perky butt you know whatever it is but i really do feel like i i kind of i feel like you guys have gone back to it's like a hippie revival a little bit in the sense that it's just more accepting mm. you know like i, I don't know I, I, do you Anything there that I said kind of resonate? Do you do you agree or disagree? I think because we are such a like accepting generation and it's maybe like more taboo to not be okay with it or like or okay with different like body types or standards or whatever. I think that that can sometimes cloud the fact that like we have been conditioned to still recognize like a certain type of body as the beauty standard so then maybe it's like not so okay to be like oh I'm feeling a certain way about and I think we have to recognize that like like feeling personally about like your own body is not the same thing as like not accepting other people I think that's like a big debate that goes on is like people will say oh I feel like really fat for example which is like a word that's really commonly used as like a negative thing when it just shouldn't be and like then people online will like attack them and be like oh well you're saying that like this is a bad thing blah blah, blah. like okay there's the like I feel like this is a really controversial topic to get into <laughs> but like the the whole like Taylor Swift like music video how she had to like remove that scene of her being on scales because it said like she was too fat or something or like too heavy I can't remember what it said and people were kicking off about that because 
there were two sides to the argument like she perceives herself as like being overweight because she has an eating disorder so like she has she will recognize herself as something that she's not and then also people were saying that she's saying being fat is a bad thing and I feel like that's quite a common like debate just in terms of body confidence in our generation is like what do you perceive as bad in other people versus what do you perceive as bad in yourself if that makes sense and like how we talk about that and how we navigate that conversation sensitively is quite important I think because we don't want to like shame people so much like go the other way and make them feel like they can't say that they're like not feeling good about themselves and not be able to express that but we also need to be careful to like not use language that like alienates other people who are doing the work to be okay with themselves and like are the things that you think are bad in yourself so yeah I don't know it's really complicated but <laughs> yeah no I know I know it's a, it's a it is it's a complicated subject have you have there been times when you guys ever felt like maybe you didn't want to have sex because you felt like your body didn't look a certain way or you were feeling less confident with how you look naked and you know is that has that happened yeah yeah, I think I think we but see I think every this is the thing. I feel like this is what all women go through this at some point. That's why I feel like it's it is important to talk about it and I know that mostly guys listen to my show, which I love because I feel like hey, get an earful. Like you need to understand what's going on on the other, you know, what's going on on the other side of the fence. I mean, I love to listen to male-centric podcast because I want to know like I like it I like to know like what's going on like what are they what are they struggling with what are they thinking like they have things too a lot of it's around dick size I find you know I find guys will <laughs> they're sliding into my DMs not only with a dick pic but with a request which don't do guys you know I don't like dick pics um <laughs> they want also to know they want me to rate it like they want me to tell them it's good or not or it's like and I'm just like, no, I, I will not rate your dick. I don't care. I, you know, yeah. And, and it's only not because I want to hurt their feelings. It's just be, it's me saying like, I, it's it's not my thing. But I hope that you realize there's a lot of different dick sizes, and I don't think women are as fixated on it. There's a few people that like that's their thing, that's their kink, their size queens. But that's a small percentage. The rest of us, I think, you know, if it feels good and it works and it gets proper blood flow, you know, if you know how to use it. I don't really care about the size. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So true. I think men yeah. are really insecure about like their hairline as well. It's like their dick or their hair. <laughs> They're like obsessed with their, or their hairline. Height. Yeah. Well, their height. Uh -oh. well, I'm probably not helping on that one because I'm tall. Are you guys tall? No, I'm, sure. I'm quite. I'm like <laughs> five eight and a half. Okay, so know. you're tall like me. I'm five ten. Okay, yeah. And I love. Because, so you know, like, I call it tall girl syndrome. Like, I want to feel tiny and petite and, you know, like, like I'm Maria's height. Like, I want to know, what, <laughs> you know like, I'm so tiny, you know, like, and, just so, like and, and, you know, and I'm not long, you know, but um, I have always, that's like my fantasy. Like, what does it feel like to be like short? You know, like, what does that feel like? I wish I was. But so I have to have tall guys. Like, I love tall guys because that just a, it makes me feel more feminine and that's funny that you say that they worry about their height I think you're right about that but honey I'd never heard the hairline thing and I think you're right about that too but I was like oh <laughs> no so guys 
guys your age you think guys your age are worried about their hairlines already Mm -hmm. i think like way more than like anything else honestly i notice it all the time like they're obsessed with their hairlines (laughs) which to be honest i do get because my hair is like such a big part of like my personality like if i'm having a bad hair day i'm like i'm so ugly like like, i've never looked worse (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i don't know I mean, are they, are guys having like, with their, are they having receding hairlines in their 20s? Yeah. Does and I happen? think it's like the last frontier because it's like something you can't really cover up. Like there's not many solutions <laughs> to it. Like <laughs> you just kind of have to embrace it. And I reckon that must be really hard. <laughs> so do you guys have, a, do you guys have a preference on bald? You know, like, do, are you looking for a certain hairline? What's your hairline type? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I honestly don't really think about it at all. I don't really yeah, care. Same. But like Loki, do I want like my future husband to be bald? Like but I guess it's inevitable at some yeah, point. Yeah. It's gonna happen. <laughs> if it's gonna well, happen, might, it's gonna happen. You might not know. I mean like your husband is genetic yeah no yeah yeah, no i honestly don't care like they don't need to they don't need to doing the family tree like she wants to see pictures of where everybody's hairline is it comes from your mom's i know i know all about it yeah Yeah. they always say that that's true i don't even i actually don't really know if it comes from someone's mom but i've heard that yeah i've heard that so much i don't know if it's true yeah yeah well, I'm we'll not. To... I I refuse to end up with a man anyway, so it doesn't really matter. There we go. Yeah, it's, not, it's a okay. It's a moot point for you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to know. Uh, like, uh, let, here's my here's my last question here. So, what do you guys think? What are your thoughts on kink? And like between the two of you, who do you think is the kinkiest? <laughs> uh, what are my thoughts on kink? I mean, whatever floats your boat. I really don't. I don't know. I feel like I'm not very judgmental about it. Like, even if it's something really weird, I feel like, well, if it was my boyfriend, I don't know. I feel like I would find it funny if it was something like funny. But if it wasn't him, just because I know him and like it, w- it would just be like, I don't know. But I feel like I'm pretty open minded to everything, but not necessarily like have tried it or have like, yeah, or like seek it out that much to be honest so i don't know i think honey is probably kinkier than me but that's my (laughs) but i'm not like i'm genuinely open to everything like i always say like i would honestly try everything once i just like don't know if i would seek it out necessarily i my motto is i'll try anything three times (laughs) (laughs) because honestly that is so fair Sometimes, really, it takes like three times for you to really establish that it's a no, even though I think it's a no. I mean, it, there's certain things like I know right now, like, and I, I've tried to strike the word never out of my vocabulary because having done this podcast and documenting my sex life for seven years, if you listen to me in the beginning, it was like, I will never do that. I don't <laughs> like that. Don't do that. And now, like, some of those things that I said never, I'm like, it's the best. I love it. It's <laughs> you know, so it's, so I've gotten way more open and I just kind of know like experimenting leads you in so many wonderful, unexpected directions. But when there's something like, let's say for me, scat play is probably a hard limit. You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's for me. That's my answer. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not for me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just not for me. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we can try something else. 
Yeah. Well, for instance, I tried anal and I did not like it. And then I, I'm like, I'm adamant to be into it because I'm like, I feel like, I mean, I'm not gonna like do shit I don't want to do, but like, as in, I know that, like if I just keep trying or like try it in a different way, like I could get into it. You know, I'm not like closed off. I just like, I'm Maybe open. Try I just... am. <laughs> you, honey's in anal. No, 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 no. I'm I'm closed off to anal. <laughs> Oh, okay. I've I've been there, done that too many times. Like I've <laughs> I've tried, and it's always gone wrong. And I think, like maybe with the right person, I'd I'd do it. But yeah, I think I'm also like a try everything once kind of gal. And then if it's like mediocre, I'll try it again. But if it's like a hard no, I'm like yeah. If it's not a hard no, on. then try it again. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, so tell everyone where they can find you. Okay, well, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please leave us a little review if you enjoy it. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Sextras Podcast, and our website is sextraspodcast.com. And yeah, you can get in touch with us there. We like answer our DMs and stuff, and we have a Patreon as well if you want to join that. So okay. we'd love well, if you get involved. Put- Yes, I will put those links up in case anybody missed those. So don't worry, it'll be in the show notes. Thank you girls so much. I've enjoyed talking to you and um, hang tight because we'll jump over and answer one more question for my private podcast people. We're going to go, we're going to go into overtime and answer our final and last question. And it's this podcast, guys. So if you want to check that out, you got to jump over to the private podcast, but everyone else, uh, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. You know what my favorite thing for you to do is go to my website and leave me a voicemail. I get back to each and every one of you personally. You have five minutes. Let it rip. And I look forward to hearing from you. I love your feedback. It's the way we can exchange information, get to know each other better. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.